Cambridge. I've been found with the British Blacklist, and I'm here with a wonderful, phenomenal young man um, who I've known for a few years now, and he's just super talented, super humble. I'd like to hand over to you to introduce yourself. In this Hello, this is Nonsense Nausier on the British Blacklist. I play Tommy Jeppard in Netflix's Sweet Tooth, which is streaming right now. Well, what do you call yourself? How do you describe yourself? I'm an actor, producer. I do dabble in writing too, but I am producing at the moment, actually. But I'm, right now, I'm just really celebrating the release of our show that we filmed over lockdown and essentially over the last two years. This project has taken a long time to come to the surface. We filmed the pilot of Sweet Tooth in 2019. We filmed the main body of Sweet Tooth, the tail end of 2020. And here we are in 2021 and it's just come out last weekend and it's phenomenal. It's been doing phenomenally well. Why did it take so long? And when you um, shoot a pilot there's a lot of things that have to get taken into consideration as to whether it's going to be made basically the pilot you're waiting to see if it's going to get the funding to go to full series so there were a few technical mishaps in the beginning we didn't know whether it was going to go or not and then it went and then when we shot it it was fantastic i mean it was a great experience to shoot working with the people that we worked with has been a dream uh, that's good to hear were you sought out or did you audition well, strangely enough, I was working on a production in the UK and a casting director who cast this, she called me up and said, I watched one of your films and then I decided to watch everything you've done and now I want to cast you. Her name is Carmen Cuba. Carmen Cuba is the, did the LA casting for Sweet Tooth. She cast both Christian and I and most of the American castings. She has been a real amazing kind of cheerleader the last couple of years she is responsible for me doing guava island and laundromat which is also for netflix and then she said look i've got this script it's called sweet tooth i really want you to take a look at it and she tried to get me the role like just like here you go give me the role but she because she kind of has been like i say a great cheerleader and great supporter but um there were so many names that wanted to do the role that I really had to fight for it so you know I had to audition a lot I had to you know people who knew me and people who didn't know me are in being introduced to you for the first time and then seeing you up against a much bigger name and and then you're just kind of like eventually they were buying what I was selling so that's pressure obviously how do you keep your wits about you in seeing that you're up against big names and but also you've got to deliver a performance that will catch their attention and be like, okay, yeah, this is the guy that we want to do this. But also when you say that you have to fight for that role, what's, what does that, maybe not what does that mean, I know what you mean, but also what do you put into it to make sure that you feel like you're in fighting mode? You know, at the end of the day, you really have to give it your all. I mean, essentially you, you want to give your all to everything that you do, right? But with this knowing who else was involved, which I'm not going to say, so don't ask. Uh, I wasn't going to ask, I was <laughs> just saying. <laughs> but, um, you know, to be able to put yourself out there, it really brings out the best. It's like when you work with great people, it really brings out your best work. And I feel like with this, knowing the competition was there, it made me dig extra deep and um, find out things about the character before I even played the character. And so it took me to a different level you know, shooting it. 
what was it about the characters? So when you got the script, so when Carmen said, look, I really want you to read this script. And when you read it, what jumped out at you about Tommy and made you feel like? For me, that Tommy was a multi-layered character. He has, where sitting in a world where the great crumble has happened, there's a, a disease that's wiped out two thirds of the world's population. There's no government, there's no law. You have to basically create a really hard, tough exterior just to survive, lie, cheat, steal, kill, just to make it through the day. And this guy who I play, Tommy Jeppard, is this um, ex-American football player who used to have a history, he had a whole life before this happened, which he's kind of trying to forget. And he's making it through the world and he bumps into this half deer, half human, hybrid kid who has been shielded for the last 10 years from by his father from the whole world. So he hasn't even seen any humans. So he has this positivity, this curiosity, this hope that is really alien to me now because every time I meet someone, I don't know if they're trying to kill me or if I should kill them. And there's here's this kid who's so kind of trusting wide-eyed and just really and we kind of buck up on each other and he's starts to crack that exterior that I've built up for so long and it starts to leak into my character and for me that's what was exciting about playing it because you present one thing and then you eventually reveal more and more about yourself as it goes along and you know it's like an onion you peel, peel, peel back the layers and eventually the onion makes you cry you you're so poetic but that's beautiful and what did being a part of this project and playing Tommy did it teach you anything about yourself for me it really taught me about working I, th I think working with Christian Christian uh, Convery is a really special child actor we really clicked straight away you can learn things from a child and a lot of the time a lot of people think I've made it now and I'm you can't tell me nothing but I really feel like you can learn from a child, you can learn from a vagrant, you can learn from people. And I think what it taught me is just to stay open and be surprised by the moment. Because I always think that you can set it up in your head how you're gonna play something, how you're going to convey it, but then let the moment surprise you and react to that moment. And I think that's what I really learned to just really do what I what I think I think it's taken about 16 years for me but I really feel like when I first came out of drama school I went um, into the theater and it did really really well and made lots of big hits and stuff but this is the first time I feel like I've been able to do what I did in theater on screen in a way that I can convey a character arc peel back layers have the time on screen to actually show that development of that character. You know what I mean? Rather than grabbing a moment here and grabbing a moment there, I'm front and center with this kid and you get to see the development. And that's that's been an amazing thing to do. You said you filmed through lockdown. Mm -hmm. And I, for me, was it the first lockdown, second lockdown, which, I mean, we've had so many lockdowns now. We filmed 2020, August till December. Oh, right, so after the whole, oh my God, we're on lockdown, what I personally relished was the timeout. Even though the world's going to crap outside of this bubble that you're in, I really relished the timeout, but you were working. Did mm. you get time to pause and reflect? Did you want time to pause and reflect? Or were you more concerned about, okay, do you know what? I just need to be working because... Do you know the crazy thing was? It was kind of weird. You know, you get up, 
we make breakfast, we watch telly, we make lunch, we watch telly, go for a walk, <laughs> come back, watch telly, make dinner, go to bed. And it was like that for like a month. And I was like, nah, I can't, I can't really allow this to happen. Because I was just like, like getting like very sedentary and very, that was, I was glad of the wake up, the jolt of having to shoot this show. Remember we filmed the pilot in 2019, but half out of lockdown, we got to New Zealand. And after two weeks quarantine, I had to shoot this. I don't know if you've seen the second episode where I have to shoot a fight scene with 10 guys. They couldn't fly a stunt double out there. So I had to do it myself. So it was unbelievably hard to kind of go from months of just being like, <laughs> to, to action man, do you know what I mean? So, and everything was walking or running or something. So it really did help me get, get rid of some of the uh, COVID weight. It was an experience. It was an experience. I, I, I'm loving, I love, I, well, I'm loving for you. And I'm sure you are very happy that this whole process went really well. It's been well received. Have you got a plan for your acting career? Because See, I can be protective without knowing anything, right? So I've known you for years and I'm watching your career and I'm like, well, I, I think Nonzo should be doing this right now and I think he should be doing this. And I wonder if Hollywood's treating him right, but you have actually consistently been working and especially in Hollywood, quietly chipping away at the industry. But then I'm sitting there thinking, well, is he getting all the roles that I think he should be getting? Well, I don't think so. So I'm getting like, hmm, wondering if you're okay. But this is what I do to the people that I think are really talented and should be, you know, bigger. But at the same time, does what does bigger mean to anybody? And it's not my business, it's yours. Do you know what I always say to that? Do you know what I always say to that? One of the things is, who said it had to happen anyway? Yes. Is, you know, you could, there's two sides to every coin. And I, and I really feel like if you start getting to any place in your life where you start saying to yourself, I should be here or I should be doing that, that should have been me, it's going to reflect I mean, in, in what it is you do. I mean, for me, acting is revealing a little tiny piece of your heart to the world. And I really feel like the more negative you become about your career and your life, when you open up that piece, it's going to be muddy. It's not going to be true and it's going to affect your acting. So, I, you know, I stay positive and I'm happy that I'm alive. I'm happy that I made it through lockdown. I'm happy that my family is good. I'm happy that my son is here. You know, I'm a new dad. He's two years old now. I feel like I'm just happy to be here. Like I said, it's taken 16 years. It's been it's taken a long time, but I've had some great, you know, to be fair to other jobs that I've done and other people that I've worked with, had some amazing experiences to be given this opportunity. And well, you know, had to fight for it, but be given this opportunity. Who said it had to happen? Didn't have to happen. Like I said, there were a lot of people that wanted to play the role. And here, here we are, number one in 27 countries around the world and, that, and growing every day, which is like unbelievable. Sweet Tooth is definitely something that I've been waiting for to play and that I didn't even realise I was doing. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Patience, your time will come and I shall But you've got, to be, you've got to be ready when your time does come. That's the thing. And how do you stay ready? You stay ready by, I mean, I read a lot. I read a lot of plays. I read a lot of books. I love, I'm, I'm always about learning speeches. I like to, if I see a speech from a film that I really like, I try to, like, I will write it down and then just perform it as if I would perform it. That's, that's something I used to do a lot. And I did a little bit more during lockdown. For me, that keeps you ready. 
and keeping your mind reading is very important analytically just keeping everything moving through and it just keeps you sharp yeah I like to dance I like to try and keep my body flexible I'm a big guy but I can move you know listen I'm never ever going to doubt West African (laughs) ever when it comes to movement ever but I was and I I was actually going to ask that as well being a big black guy in Hollywood yes well you kind of already answered that okay your time 16 years this is the role and you've had other great roles for sure has it been difficult navigating the space as you you know what everybody has their own story and everybody um, has an ex- experiences that they uh, talk about and get out there. For me, there are always going to be things. There are always going to be things that are obstacles. And there are always going to be things that happen. Thankfully, on this job, it is, yeah. has honestly been a dream. It's honestly been very positive. Robert Downey Jr. is a great producer. And what, one thing I would say is they created an environment where there wasn't a situation where too many cooks spoil the broth. For a lot of people who don't know what it's like to work on a film set, especially when you're starting a show, if it's the first season of a show, a lot of things have to get established. And that means that a lot of people have different opinions as where this should happen, that should happen, and this should happen. One thing that Netflix and Robert Downey Jr., the director Jim Mickle, and Jeff Lemire, the guy who wrote the original comic book, they really inspired a really calm energy on the set. It was a real calm energy in order for us to be creative. And for me, when I get in the lead role, I really feel like I want an environment that is friendly, that people can talk to each other. I'm not going to come on set and start swinging elbows, but I will talk to the runner. I will talk to the, the third AD and create an environment where everybody can talk to each other and feel like there's no... I'm an actor, I'm special, you stay over there. I don't like that environment. I like to everybody, we're all here to work together, no matter how small your role is. And I feel like when you have that kind of environment, it, it comes through onto screen somehow. And, sure. and, it re- and I think with this one, it really has. I think it really has. The yeah, attitude from everybody. Yeah, no, I can definitely, the chemistry, I mean, it's for us on watching, it's like whether it's a good script and good acting. But there is that extra nuance, as you said, the um, chemistry. And just to go back to you and Christian and the fact that you're a new father, you're, you do well with young actors. Mm. Where'd that come from? No idea. No idea. I, it's like a lot of the time, the only choice that you have as an actor is if you create your own work, one, which yeah, I'm, yeah. like I say, I'm producing, I'm starting to do. But is is saying no to things. So... I say no to a hell of a lot more than I say yes to. A heck of a lot more. So I'm quite selective over what I do do. So it's just so happens that the things that I've said yes to recently have involved younger, smaller people. And that's the way it's been. I do like storytelling. I love, when I grew up, I loved Labyrinth. I loved Jim Henson, the storyteller. I rewatched the storyteller the whole season maybe once every couple of years because there's something that I want to do I want to produce that's similar to that and that's why that's why I like this kind of genre and a lot of people say fantasy film not so nonsense is going to be in it <laughs> and it's kind of like speaking to my Scorpio sensibilities I love fantasy and actually from a young black child's perspective the things I wanted to see there's not that for us there yeah. so I'd like to make you do a fantasy that's 
around our world. That's listen. Um, I, before they kick us out, I want to ask you a few questions, but uh, just, just I actually want to hop on to your the thing about saying no because that comes up a lot from creatives, like the strength to mm -hmm. say no. Where does and knowing that if you say no, something usually something better does come along. Actually, like drawing on your faith. Where's your faith come from to draw? Like, okay, I'm saying no to this big thing that could give me millions. Yeah. You know, patience. It was my first job, my first job, right? And when I came out, when I was leaving drama school, there was a big comedy, I'm not going to mention what it was, that came out. And my character was like, I did the read through. And then I remember not wanting to do it because artistic, it, it didn't sit with my artistic integrity. I didn't like the way it made me sit as a black man in the industry to be introduced to the industry in that way. So I decided not to do it. I was broke. I just leaving drama school. So that student loan had gone. I didn't know what I was going to do. And the producer, who's still producing today, called me up and said, you're making a bad decision. How much money do you want? Do you want these about the money? Is it about this? I said, no, I just don't want to do the part. No, you're making a bad decision. You, you'll never work for us again. And I was like, whew. And I sat and I prayed on it because I have faith. I believe that Jesus died for our sins. And I really, really prayed on it and was scared because I was 23 just turned 23 coming out of drama school and this big producer told me you'll never work here again hope you're making the right decision for yourself and put the phone down and I had conviction the next day and just said no definitely not doing it and from that day I've just been strong in my belief if I feel it in my heart that that's not for me then I won't do it if that's for me then I, and it's being offered to me then I'll do it and then everybody else can make up their own mind as to what they like or they don't like. But, you know, I've made peace with me and my God about that. And we'll, we'll move forward from there. It's definitely served you well. So let me quickly ask, give me a book that you have to have with you at all times. Apart from the Bible, King James Version, I would say The Richest Man in Babylon. Give me a song or an album that your friends can put on and know that's going to have you shaking those limbs. Oh, that's a good one. Um, a song or an album? Song or an album. Or you could, I, could, I can stretch the genre of music. But... Choco, choco, baby. I got baby. Now I have to go and find that's, the title. That's, 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 that's my job. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Give me something that you saw on stage that stayed with you, and that could be a concert, play, or anything on stage. Oh, man. Definitely the first time I saw, I was in secondary school, and I went to see two plays. One was at the National, and one was at the little tricycle theatre in Kilburn. And the National Theatre, it was the Caucasian Chalk Circle. And I saw Juliet Stevenson do a performance that blew my mind. And what I loved about it is that it was a multicultural cast. I mean, Jeffrey Kassoon, I think David Harewood was in that cast. It was just so many amazing actors of colour. And I was at, in sixth form at the time, not knowing how I was going to get into the industry and seeing black people on stage, like with white people in a big national theatre production. But then also that year, I saw a production of, it was called Beef No Chicken, with Tallowa Theatre Company, which I'm now one of the patrons of, which is strange, you know, when I was at school, I went to see this, this thing. Wow. 
And I saw just an amazing black company, black cast. And I, it was just the, the year for me, seeing those two plays, it stayed with me and it gave me conviction because I wasn't sure how I was going to become an actor. There wasn't enough black faces out there for me to say, okay, this, I mean, if I wasn't going to be in Desmond or in the DuVernier family on EastEnders, then what was I going to do? How was I, how was I going to make it? But then seeing those plays made me think there's a way and things get better as time goes on. That really stayed with me. Give me a TV show or film that you can watch whenever it's on. You've seen it a thousand times, you know the words, but whatever, whatever you watch it. The Colour Purple. I can watch The Colour Purple. TV show, The Chappelle Show. Chappelle okay. Show season two. Season two. Yeah. That is genuinely laugh out loud funny. I could watch that once a year. Definitely. Okay, okay yeah. good. And finally, 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 what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? What's made me sad? I've been really happy that it's been, this been, I've been really happy the last couple of days because we're number one all over the world. Sweet Tooth, if you haven't seen it, please go see it because Sweet Tooth is streaming on Netflix right now and it's number one all over the world. So I, I, I haven't had much cause to be unhappy, to be honest with you. If I was unhappy now, I think I'd be very ungrateful. That's a fair, and I'd rather you be glad than anything. So, yeah. um, Nonzo, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Um, you too. And to see you, to see you virtually. Uh -huh. Look at us, we both got black sofas. But look. Look at luxurious, luxurious <laughs> black stars. Ghanaian uh -huh. <laughs> black star, Ghanaian black star. That's That's what what and please hug my nephew. I've adopted him already. Uh, Big uh, kisses uh, to Andy. Congratulations. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you so much.